pulpit today, Beth Stevenson. Praise Stevens. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's give the praise to the Lord. Would you do that? Amen. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I think we need to revive that phrase, glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you for your welcome, and thank you for allowing me to be here. I've just uh, really looked forward to coming and being a part of what the Lord um, is doing among your ladies. And then for Pastor, thank you for allowing me to stay uh, for today and minister on this Sunday morning. I know it's a, it's a great um, honor for me because I know that it's a uh, great responsibility uh, to uh, know what happens in this platform behind this pulpit, and so it means the world to me. So thank you, and thank you to Miss Jenny. Um, we've already figured it out that uh, without her, well, we're just not sure quite where you'd be, Pastor. But <laughs> I'm teasing. We were cutting up the other day just a little bit, having to kind of build our own confidence up about how our husbands really do need us, whether they realize it or not. Right, ladies? Amen. And so thank you, really, Pastor, and thank you so much, Miss Jenny and Miss Rhonda. Uh, you all have been so hospitable to me and so uh, kind. I can't tell you um, how many people I've just spoken, and, and uh, you've just shown your love. And to me, that's always a direct reflection of your leadership. And so I thank the Lord uh, for your leadership. I thank the Lord for you all. And I also thank the Lord for Randy. Randy, Randy, Randy is a, um, I found out the other day, if you weren't here, you may not understand it, so I won't take a minute, but um, they kept telling me that Randy was taking care of the product table, and I thought just all ladies were here, and I thought, you know, I've just never heard of a woman called Randy, this is a first for me, uh, but I found out that Randy is a man, and um, he's been so kind to help take care of the products out there in the foyer, so thank you all, the ones that you've been able to stop by and um, I'm telling you from what I can tell if you don't want to purchase something don't go by the table because I think he's good at his job and so I appreciate him uh, dearly for what he is doing I'll talk a little bit about product tonight not this morning uh, but open your Bibles if you would to 1 Corinthians 15 1 Corinthians 15 verse 9 and 10 is where I would like to read from today and um, I can tell you, the Lord is always so, well, he's just amazing. And um, I was sitting there, uh, standing there on that, uh, at the front seat there, and was just amazed all over again at how the Lord has orchestrated this service. And I just thank the Lord for your obedience to the Lord, Pastor, for just following him in this uh, time of worship because it just leads perfectly into the word that the Lord has given me to share with you today. Isn't the Lord wonderful? Amen. Aren't you so thankful that it's not just a song, but it's the truth? Amen. Isn't he wonderful? That's why Isaiah called him wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He blows our mind. Amen. He is wonderful today. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9 and 10, I'll read it once, I'll probably read it again and again. Let's stand for the word. Uh, you'll hear it over and over, and so hopefully by the time you leave this, 
this building today, uh, this word will be so rooted and grounded in your heart that you will never forget what the Lord is depositing in us today. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9 and 10. For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. If you're comfortable doing so, I'd love for you to lift your hands with me. And let's pray aloud together, would you today? Father, we just thank you so much for what you have already done. You never cease to amaze us, Lord. You are marvelous and wonderful, Father. And we declare it along with Isaiah. You are our wonderful Lord. And Lord, I ask you to move in this place. I, I, I know you already have touched lives already. People have been ministered to. But Lord, now you've given us your word. You are giving us your word. Flow through me, Lord. Use me to deliver this word. Anoint me fresh, Lord. But also I pray for every man and woman that's here that you would open up their ears to hear that their eyes would be open to see what you would have us see our hearts open to receive and that not one of us would leave the same but every one of us would be changed in the name of Jesus and we give you the glory in Jesus name and everybody shout out amen amen, amen. give the Lord a praise one more time before you're seated today hallelujah praise the Lord Amen. Let's go straight to this word. Let's kind of dig in for just a little bit this morning. Uh, I do believe that this message today can absolutely and uh, with the help of the Lord and through the power of the Holy Spirit will absolutely change our lives. When I begin to go back to the scripture though, uh, the apostle Paul says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Amen. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And when I begin to look at the word grace, I find that it is one of the most important words in the entire Bible. When I look at the word grace, I realize that it is a word that really interprets the Bible all the way from Genesis to the book of Revelations. When I think about grace, a lot of times we have to be very careful with it because so many people are misusing grace. They're misusing the, the concept of grace, the truth of grace. And, and it's really a sad thing. I had a pastor's wife tell me, she's an older lady, she told me one time, she said, now I don't know all about this greasy grace. She said, I don't agree with that terminology. She said, but I do know there's such a thing as true amazing amazing grace amen and maybe like me you've heard the song amazing grace all your life uh, maybe you've sang it yourself we've heard it if you've not been in church a long time and maybe you say it's not as familiar to me uh, as maybe it is some of the others but still you've heard it uh, I don't hardly know a person alive that has not uh, sung it or have heard it uh, sung or played somewhere amazing grace and maybe you ask the question why is it that we oftentimes tack the word amazing on the front of grace and that's what I want to spend a little bit of time today talking about amazing grace why is grace so amazing I go to John 
chapter 1 and verse 17. And it says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Give me just a minute, if you would, this morning to lay a little foundation about grace. What is amazing grace? Why is it so amazing? Grace, it's unmerited favor. It is undeserved love. Grace is God's rich kindness, his generosity, his benevolence, his love toward us through Christ Jesus our Lord. Grace, it was poured out lavishly upon us when God gave his only begotten son, you know the scripture, to reconcile us to himself. That's what grace is. I heard someone say it like this one time. I'll share it with you. Grace, it's God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace, it is God acting toward us in ways we don't deserve it is God doing for you and me what we absolutely cannot do for ourselves. It is God paying a debt for us that we could never pay. You've heard that old song, he paid a debt he did not owe. Amen. I owed a debt I could not pay, but I needed someone to wash my sins away. And today I'm so thankful that I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace, Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. Hallelujah. And when I look at the word grace, I realize that it is absolutely a person living in Christ Jesus. When I go to the word of the Lord and look at grace, I realize looking at that very fact that grace left glory. Amen. And grace was laid in a manger and grace opened blinded eyes. And grace raised the dead and grace cast out devils. Amen. Grace was crucified and then just like grace, grace forgave them. Hallelujah. Grace was buried in a borrowed tomb and then grace rose triumphing over death, hell, and the grave. And thank the Lord today, grace ascended to the right hand of the Father. But grace is coming again in the clouds of glory. And today, along with the Apostle Paul, we can say, and by the grace of God and his grace alone, I am what I am. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that amazing grace. Hallelujah. Sometimes people would say, tell me about that grace. You may have read this in the book of Romans. I preach a message sometimes from Romans chapter 6. And the question comes out. And it says, well then, because of grace, can I keep on sinning? Is grace something that will just uh, cover all of that and take care of all of that? And, and I can keep sinning. I have a license to sin. And the apostle Paul says, of course not. What are you thinking? Absolutely not. That's not what grace is. Amen. And a lot of people get confused about that. And a lot of people want to use grace as just that very thing. 
thing, an opportunity to just continue to live in the lifestyle that feels really that feels good to the flesh but I can tell you today that's not at all about what grace is and today uh, I believe you probably know this and and you've probably heard pastor preach about it but the wonderful thing about grace is that grace is universal we live under what I would consider like an umbrella of grace but unfortunately there are people today that will never acknowledge God and that it is in the Lord that we live and we move and we have our being unfortunately today there's people that will never acknowledge that that grace exists there'll be people who will take the grace of God for granted and there'll be people that believe that everything that happens to them is purely good luck amen and I want to go ahead and clear the air about that luck thing hallelujah you might as well get ready to remove that word from your vocabulary because I can tell you that there is nothing that happens to you or me today because of, of luck. There's nothing. Now, just bear with me for a moment. I can't act like that I've always been really good about it. The Lord has just really convicted my heart about using that word luck. He's just convicted me because when I began to look around, I think, what does luck have to do with anything? I mean, really, I, I was the one that, that said it probably like many of you that says, hey, good luck. Uh, I, somebody graduates from high school. Good luck on your future. Somebody's getting married. Good luck. Really? No, you need a lot more than luck. Amen. Uh, you need a lot more than luck to go out and face this world as a college graduate. Amen. Uh, we need the grace of God. Hallelujah. And I can tell you that grace of God has been extended to us. I'll never forget. I was traveling and preaching in um, Belgium. One of the few times I've had the opportunity to preach in Europe and what an opportunity. I mean, it was just amazing. A, a whole nother story for another time, but I'll never forget being there and the, uh, the missionary that I was working with, he, um, he was telling us that Belgium was like the melting pot of Europe. And he said, and in Belgium, you'll find people from all different races and all different uh, nationalities. He said, it's just really um, amazing what you'll find here. Matter of fact, in the service, we probably had a couple hundred people in the church service that I was in. And uh, even in that service, I believe there were nine different interpreters telling people, uh, uh, speaking to people, interpreting the message into different languages. And I was just amazed at how many different uh, people groups were there. And I remember one day he took me out. I guess it was maybe on a weekend possibly. He took me out to this market. It was like the most gigantic flea market I've ever seen in my life. But it was even more than a flea market, but it was all outside. And I mean, just as far as my eyes could see, uh, there were booths and people, and, and it was just amazing. And you could stop and, and for a moment, and you could listen, and the different dialects and languages just circling around. It was just the most amazing thing, I guess, I had ever experienced until that time. And, and I remember that event. 
evangelist, that missionary, he stood out there. Uh, there was a little bridge there um, uh, in that flea market area. And he stood out on the, on the top of that bridge and he threw his arms open wide. And I thought, dear Lord, what's he about to do? He threw his arms open wide and he looked at me and he said, for God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Grace is universal. It doesn't matter what town you may live in. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you grew up on. It does not matter who your mama and daddy are. It does not matter today the church you've attended all your life or you've never attended. I can tell you today the grace of God is reaching out to where you are today. Amen. Amen. And so I go back to luck for just a moment. I'll tell you kind of a funny story about luck. It's, uh, it's really, to me, it just really puts luck into a capsule. It helps us to understand it completely. There was a man, his name was Frank. And Frank had always thought that five was his lucky number. He was born, it's kind of wild, he was born on May the 5th. He had five children and he lived at 555 East 55th Street. And on his 55th birthday, he decided he was going to go to the horse track. And he was going to bet. He said, I believe today is my lucky day. Amen. And he got to the horse track and he was so excited because there was a horse there named Numero Cinco. He said, I knew it. It's my lucky day. And then five minutes before the race started, he went to the fifth ticket window and he put $5,000 on Numero Cinco. And I know you already know the end of the story. He came in fifth. <laughs> Amen. That's luck for you. <laughs> So if you're depending on luck, you're, you're in a bad position today. It's not luck. It's the grace of God. It's the blessings of the Lord. And there's one man that we know through the word of the Lord that truly understood grace. Let me read our text again, and that's Paul. He said, for I am the least of the apostles, that I'm not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. In his letter there to the Corinthians, make a note, he gave his credentials and he said, I am the least of the apostles. I shouldn't even be called an apostle. I really have no right to be called an apostle, but by the grace of God, amen, I am an apostle of Jesus Christ. And certainly Paul treasured this wonderful grace of God. And get this though, this is important. It's not because Paul was such a bad man. Not if you go back and you look at the history about Paul life in all actuality from the, the church's viewpoint he was a very good man he was a very religious man. He was a man who was very learned in the Old Testament. But he had lived his life by self-righteousness and legalism. 
That was the apostle Paul before he was the apostle. But now at this point that we read the text, the apostle Paul had learned that Christ had died for him and, and that, that his life was all about grace now. And now he had to realize that, that it is truly all about grace. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And, and, and really by the grace of God, I've been spared what I've been spared. Can anybody? in here agree with that today I think of a man by the name of George Whitfield he was a phenomenal phenomenal preacher great preacher many of you have probably heard of him but one day he stood in a crowd as a man was being led to a public execution he was going to be hung and as he watched that man going to be hung he uttered these words that are now extremely famous he said there but for the grace of God Go I. In other words, he said, I could be the one being hung today. I could be the one that's losing my life today. What I want to say to you today is this. Sometimes it's easy to look down our noses at other people. It's easy sometimes to say, oh, how could they? I can't believe it. But if it wasn't for the grace of God, I could be the woman on the street corner. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I could be the one today that's behind bars. If it wasn't for the grace of God, amen, I could be the one in a situation that maybe would cause your mouth to drop open but today I'll have to agree with George Winfield there but for the grace of God go I I am what I am today because of the wonderful grace of God and the truth is today any true man or woman of God will never be able to look with eyes of, of judgment, judgmental eyes, condemning eyes there's no way we can really do that truly because we understand that we have to look with eyes of love and eyes of compassion because we realize there but for the grace of God, that could be me. Amen. That could be me. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. He didn't say, I am what I am because of my education. But he could have done that because he was a very educated man. A lot of times we look at the Apostle Paul and we just consider him as the one who caused the killings to come of Christians and great people and, and what a scoundrel and what a lowlife. You know, we think about him as Saul before he was made Paul and his life was changed. But really, if you were to see him... It wasn't at all like what you had imagined. He could have said, I am what I am because of my background, but he did not say that. He could have. His background was remarkable. Look at his life. Follow him. Go back and see what he was really all about. He could have said, I am what I am because of my gifts and talents, but he didn't. He was a gifted man. He was a talented man. He said, but no, none of those things. I am what I am because of the grace of God. I can tell you today there is a temptation that has flooded our churches and let's just make it broader than that, flooded our nation 
And that is the attitude of bragging and saying, I am a self-made man. I am a self-made woman. Look at what I've accomplished. Look how good I've done. Look at this business I run. Look at this church that I pastor. Look at all the things that I've been able to do in my life. But is there any way we can be, uh, we can actually brag on ourselves and look, say, look what I've done? Absolutely not. There's no way when I was the associate pastor at the church in Athens, Georgia, I won't ever forget one day I was preaching. It sounds kind of hard. But I was preaching one day, and I mean the Lord was just speaking to me while I was preaching. And I looked out at those people, wonderful people of God. I said, let's just admit it. Without the grace of God, we are zero. Amen. We are nothing. We couldn't make it without him. I can tell you today, you say, well, you don't know what I've accomplished, and I don't. But this is what I do know. I do know it's the Lord's grace that you woke up this morning. Amen. I do know it's the grace of God that gave you ears to hear that alarm that woke you up. I do know. Hallelujah. It's the grace of God that you've got a vehicle to drive here. I do know. It's the grace of God that you've got clothes on your back and your belly was full when you walked into this place today. I do know it's the grace of God that gave you that brain to understand and comprehend and to be able to accomplish what you've accomplished. Are we self-made people? Absolutely not. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. You are what you are. Woo! Can't you today see the fingerprint of God on your life? Can't you trace his hand on your life? Amen. I'll give you one, something else just real quickly. It's really probably one of my, I, I don't know, one of my favorite parts when I begin to study a little bit about Paul. He said, whatever, whatever is to my profit, I now consider loss. For the sake of Christ. Amen. In his earliest letters to the Thessalonians and to the Galatians. This is what he called himself. He said, I am Paul, the apostle of Christ Jesus. And then if you read on, later on in his letters. As he drew closer to, the, to Christ. He said, I am Paul. I am the least of the apostles. And then if you follow him all the way to his very last letter that he wrote, he said, I am Paul. I'm the chief of sinners. Amen. Isn't that the truth? The closer we get to Christ, the more we realize that I am nothing, but he is everything. Amen. The more we come in relationship with him, the more we realize that the Lord is the one that has made the way. Hallelujah. Today, we're not self-made. It's the grace of of God. But let me go a little bit further and I want to give you a few points about grace. I was amazed to read this text again and find something in this text that really had slipped by me time and time again. The word said, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. In the New International Version it says it was not without effect. And what that does it is it implies that the grace of God can come to a person 
and absolutely have no effect on their lives. It's really hard to imagine. We can't hardly believe that. As I said earlier, uh, grace is like a, a, a universally, it's, it's given out universally to no matter where you live, China, Africa, right here in Missouri, Georgia. The grace of the Lord has been extended to us. The umbrella of grace. We talked about it. And you say then, Beth, how are you backing down on what you said? You're now telling me the grace of God can be of no effect. Is that what you're really saying? Notice it again. It said, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. So it it lets me see here that the grace of God can come to you. And have no effect on your life. Is that even possible? And the answer is absolutely. The grace of God can come to you and still have no effect. You say, but how powerful is the grace of God? Powerful enough to absolutely radically turn your life around. But how can it have no effect? And I'll take the last minutes of this message to share that with you. Because it's very powerful. In John chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, said, He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. A person can reject the grace of God. It's hard to imagine, but the truth of the matter is, There are people that are riding up and down our roads right here in Poplar Bluff that the grace of God has been extended to them, but they have never accepted the grace of God. Even if we get a little more um, right down to the nitty-gritty, there are people that are possibly sitting on seats right here in this sanctuary that the grace has been extended to you over and over. The grace has been extended to you, but you have refused to accept the grace of God in your life. And you continually, maybe you come to the church, maybe maybe you're coming today with friends or with family or, or you're just visiting, you, you just heard about it, you thought you would stop in. I don't know, maybe you're a regular attender. I don't know who you might be today. But the truth of the matter is, every time we walk into these doors, the Lord's grace is being extended to you. But there's many people that will walk out of these doors the same exact way that they walked in. It's not because God has not done his part. It's not because Jesus didn't die at Calvary. It is simply because you have made a choice to reject the grace of God. And you have made a choice to continue to live the life that you enjoy living and to reject the Lord. You say, Beth, I I don't know. No, no. Every time you look to the Lord and you say, not now, not yet, another day, another time. I'm enjoying this season I'm in. I'm loving this life. I don't mind coming to your house, but but I don't want to fully commit. Then you are rejecting the grace of God. It sounds impossible, doesn't it? It sounds like no one would really do that. But the truth of the matter is, it is either the Lord or the enemy, Satan. It's one or the other. You cannot live on both sides of the fence. And today, when you fully accept the grace of the Lord, there will be a change come into your life. You find in 1830, you probably, some of you probably have heard this before, but it's very powerful. 
1830, there was a man by the name of George Wilson. He shot and killed a man. And he was sentenced, as the story earlier goes, he was sentenced, just like in that story, to be hung, a public execution. But as they were leading him to the execution, he received a presidential pardon by President Andrew Jackson. And when he received this presidential pardon, he, he turned around, he looked, he told everybody, he said, I reject that pardon. I don't want that pardon. Nobody knew what to do. True story. Nobody knew what to do. Everybody was up in arms. No one had ever rejected a presidential pardon, especially on the way to be hung. And so because of the confusion, it ended up going to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the chief justice gave this opinion of the court. He said, a pardon is only a slip of paper the value of which is determined by the person being pardoned. A pardon that is rejected is no pardon at all. And he said, George Wilson must die. And he did. He was executed. But this is my point. It was not because there was not grace and mercy. It was not because grace and mercy was not extended to him. It was simply because he would not receive it and we are living in a time that the grace of the Lord is abounding on us yet many have not received the grace of God amen and the grace of God is having no effect on your life today make a decision today make a choice today you're at a crossroads you're here by divine purpose from heaven and the Lord is extending his love to you and he's telling you this morning you don't have to leave this place like you've walked in but you can leave changed in the name of Jesus the grace of God is reaching out to you today don't you feel that can't you even feel that stirring on you in your heart in your life that's the love of God to you amen Woo! praise the Lord but let me go real quickly to the next point and I might just combine these two you say, Beth, how can the grace of God be no effect on my life? It is because it is not received by faith. That's a hard thing today. It's not received by faith. Faith is the only way that you can receive the grace of God. And even though that seems very difficult, to be honest with you, that is wonderful. Hallelujah. That is wonderful. I'm so thankful that he didn't have the, the grace of God up for sale because we couldn't afford it. Jesus paid the price. Amen. Woo. And so today we receive the grace of God by faith. Ephesians 2 and 8 says this. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Truly in America, we have the grace of God poured out in our lives on us more than we can even comprehend. There's hardly a city that I go to that I turn on the TV that you don't find Christian channels. And probably like me, uh, you have it on your uh, you have it on your podcast. You have messages, sermons, music. I have it all over my phone. I, it's amazing to me that I can be walking on the treadmill and hear the word of God. Amen. Many of you have the Bible app on your phone and, and they even have somebody to read 
read it to you. I'm telling you the grace of God has come to us from every, every angle today. Thank the Lord for his amazing grace. But why are so many people still not receiving the grace of God? It's because many people have a hard time receiving it by faith. Today, people say America needs revival. Yes, we need revival, but we need a revival of faith. Amen. We need a revival of faith in our colleges. Hallelujah. That's just what the, the, the man was saying on the screen earlier when he talked about you can raise your children in churches. They can be a part of VBS. And then what was it? 70% uh, once they're in college uh, began to question their faith. We need a revival of faith. We need a revival of faith. And not just on our streets, but in our churches today. Amen. Why is it that we look at America? And I, I'm going to declare it because I still believe it. We are one nation under God. Amen. We are. And I don't care what anybody else has to say about it. And if you have a different opinion, don't tell me. Amen. We are a Christian nation, but why is it today that we find our nation just uh, steeped in secularism and atheism and my word now, almost socialism and paganism and new age religion. How did it happen? Again, it's because we need a reviving of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. But I'll tell you what else it is today. I told you I was going to combine these and I ended up not. I got a little too fired up, but it'll just take a minute. So why have we not received... That grace, why does it have no effect on our life? Because we're not receiving it by faith. We try to work for it. And that's where it leads us into the, the third thing. And that is because of legalism in our lives. And I want to cover that because I think that's extremely important. Legalism says that you are saved by what you do or by what you don't do. And legalism will lead you to arrogance and self-righteousness. And I want to clear this up real quickly. It is self-righteousness. It is, it is self-righteousness. It is that legalism that really is the spirit that put Jesus on the cross. And you may say, well, you know, we mean well. And I get it. And I grew up in a church that was about as conservative as you will ever get. Amen. I've heard it all. I've seen it all. And, 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 all of that. and I know there are a lot of wonderful people wonderful people that helped raise me and great gave me a great foundation but one day I had to realize that I am saved not by how good I am or not by how I, I'm able to not do this or not do that but I am saved because of faith amen in the grace of God and in the cross of Jesus Christ amen I'm not saved by what I do or what I don't do. But as a Christian, there will be things that I will not do or I will do. Amen. I'm amen in myself. Amen. But you get what I'm talking about. Don't allow legalism to stop and halt the effect of grace in your life. Amazing grace. That's what it is today. Let me go to the last one and we'll close with this. Probably one of the, I guess one of the greatest problems in the area of grace is something that 
really became very, I guess even in this service, the Lord just began to stir my heart in this. And it is the area of shame. And there's been so many people that are bound with chronic shame that cannot grasp the grace of God. There are so many people today that they feel so wounded and hurt and how in the world could I ever receive the grace of God? Probably like pastor, there's been so many times that I've talked to people at an altar and they will tell me, you don't know how bad I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been involved in. And the truth is, I, I don't. And, and, and to go a little further, and I don't want to know. The truth is, I don't, I don't even have to know. I don't want to know. But this is what I do know. Is that when the blood of Jesus Christ washes you and cleanses you, He gives you a brand new start, a new beginning. And that's why we call it being born again. Amen. That is the power of the blood of Jesus. He washes you. He doesn't just cover your sins. Thank the Lord for that. The blood doesn't cover your sins because if they are covered, they can be uncovered. But thanks be to God for the blood of Jesus that is so very powerful that it washes your sins away never to be remembered again. Hallelujah. And today, hallelujah, when you will step out in faith and believe, today when you will step out beyond the lies of the enemy shouting in your mind and the, the closet that's full of those old bones of yesterday, if you will ever get to the point where you say, but today I'm a new creature. All things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. I'm a changed man. I'm a changed woman. No longer allow shame to hold you back to keep you in the background to keep you paralyzed in a seat unable to say Lord forgive me of my sins wash me cleanse me I'm telling you today the blood of Jesus Christ is so powerful the grace of God extended to you is so amazing that it will it is greater than any shame or guilt or condemnation that the enemy wants to bring into your life. Thank you. I know today you say, well, my family knows. I understand that. You say, not only does my family know, but people in this church know. There's no way I could come back to God now. I, I know that feeling. You say, oh, people, people have opened up that closet and all those old Bones have fallen out and people have talked about me and there's this, I can't do it. And forget what everybody else is saying. I, in my own self, I just, I can't do it. I'll never forget this. Pastor, I think this honestly changed my own life. I was praying in the altar for a lady. It's really an amazing story, but it takes too long to tell it all to you. This happened almost identical the very thing happened twice to completely different areas. But I'll just give you one time. I was doing a women's conference. It wasn't a very large crowd. And I give an altar call for salvation, which is kind of unusual. But I really felt in my spirit to give a call for salvation. We had a number of people come forward. I was so thankful for what the Lord was doing. There was an elderly lady in the altar. 
Everybody had already gotten up. We had prayed. I mean, the Spirit of the Lord was just moving just wonderfully. It was just amazing. And the lady just stayed in the altar. People prayed for her, but she just wouldn't get up. She just kept praying. And so I finally just went over to her while they were singing and people were worshiping. And I just knelt beside her. And I said, ma'am, do you mind me asking, just probing a little bit? Is there something more that I can pray for you? Evidently, you're not satisfied. And she said, no, no, I'm not. And she was weeping. She was probably in her, maybe in her mid-70s. And I said, what is it? What is wrong? I thought maybe, maybe something tragic with her family or her children. I said, what is it? She said, I want to be saved. I said, well, I said, we've prayed for you. You've prayed, right? And she said, yes. And I said, is this the first time you've prayed? She said, oh, no, I've prayed many, many, many times. I said, oh. I said, many times you've asked the Lord to forgive you of your sin. She said, oh, yes. And she said, that's what she told me. She said, you don't know. You don't know what I've done to my family. You don't know how bad I've been. You don't know how I've hurt my family. I'm telling you, my heart just began to break. And I asked her. She'd been in church for years and years and years. And I asked her, I said, so tell me. Now, this sounds a little blunt, but sometimes you just have to be forthright, you know? The enemy had lied so long to her. And I just got really straight with her. And I said, okay, so let's deal with this. So you're telling me that your sin is greater than the blood of Jesus. She said, oh, no, no, I would never say that. I said, no, no, that's what you're saying. You are saying... That even though you've asked the Lord to forgive you in faith, believing you know that Jesus Christ died on Calvary for you. But His blood is not powerful enough to wash that sin in your life. And she said, well, I don't mean it that way. I said, but that's exactly what you're saying. And I said, today you can receive true salvation in your life and you can receive it by faith, the grace of God, and you can leave out of this place a different woman. Can I tell you, men and women in this place, young people, senior citizens, and all in between, I don't know what your guilt is and what your shame may look like. Your family may remind you continuously of it, and if your family doesn't, the devil does. I know him, and I know how he does. Because he's done it to me. I know how it feels. But I'm telling you, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm telling you in this place today, the Lord is here to set you free of guilt and shame. And today you're going to leave out of this place a different man or a different woman. I feel, I feel his spirit. Don't you feel him? I'm telling you today, you say, Beth, you don't know the sin I'm involved in. I don't know, but the Lord does, and His grace is sufficient. Hallelujah. His grace is sufficient. His blood is more powerful, and He wants to give you that brand new start today. Today is the day. Would you stand to your feet? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. So now you know why we can sing Amazing Grace. And now the next time you sing Amazing Grace, you'll never sing it the same way again.
amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now today I'm found. was blind, but thank God I see. And today you can see. Would you bow your heads for just a moment and close your eyes? Please, no one looking for a moment. Many of you have been ministered to around this altar already. And thank God for what he's done. So I'm going to make this altar call very specific. If you say, Beth, I'm not where I need to be with the Lord today. If I were to face eternity, I know that heaven would not be my final destination. And today I want to confess my sins to him. I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ I don't want to walk out of this place like I've walked here and grace is being extended to me and I want to receive the grace of God. If that's you today, would you slip your hand up right now in this place and say, Beth, pray for me. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. And today I want to surrender my life. I see your hands. Amen. I see your hands. You can lift them up and put them right back down. Anybody else right now? you would just lift your hand and say Beth you're preaching to me the Lord is speaking to me today I see your hand thank you anybody else right now that you would say Beth it's me I want to give a second call thank you I see your hand and I want to ask you this you say Beth I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior but if I'm just really honest about it I've kind of been doing my own thing I've been living like I wanted to live. I I have taken the grace of God for granted, just to be honest with you. And today, I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. And and I don't know when I die if heaven or hell is my final destination. But I want to know that I know that I know. I want to surrender my life fully and completely fresh to Jesus Christ. If that's you, would you raise your hand? You say, Beth, I've asked him, but today I need to rededicate. I see your hand. I've asked him, but today I need to rededicate. Amen. I see your hands. Thank the Lord. I've asked him. I love him. The truth is, Beth, I love him. I do love him. But I found myself riding the fence back and forth, in and out, up and down. And I'm tired of that life. I'm ready to surrender completely and totally today. I'm ready to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Anybody else in here right now before I give the third call? I see your hands. Thank you. The last call that I'm going to give, maybe be the, it might be the hardest to respond to, but don't let the enemy lie and cheat you tonight, today out of what God is wanting to do in your life. If you say, Beth, I'm the one bound by shame. I'm the one that has sit in my pew. I'm the one that they've asked for people to get involved and I've hesitated to get involved because of my past life. I'm the one that, that when people come to me and ask me to pray for them, I feel unworthy. I feel like I just can't do it. You don't know what I've done. You don't know how my family's been affected by it. Today, the Lord wants to set you free of shame and guilt in your life. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand. Nobody looking. This is me and you and the Lord. Would you raise your hand up high? Amen. I see your hands. Thank the Lord. Amen. Just raise your hands up high and then you can put them back down. Anybody else right now, the Lord is speaking to your heart. The Lord is speaking to you. Amen. I see your hands. Thank the Lord for you. 
don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Don't say, does people understand? I want you to know we understand. We've all been there, unfortunately. We've been there. But today the Holy Spirit is here and He is here to set you free. In Jesus' name, with no one, no one looking for a moment but praying. Can I ask you please, Palace of Praise, to begin to pray and intercede for those that have raised their hands. While they're praying, I want to ask you if you've lifted your hand. I'm going to go ahead and open these altars up for you. Don't let the enemy keep you seated. Don't let him lie to you and make you afraid. Today the Lord is here to set you completely and totally free. Today is your day. On the count of three, they're already coming. Would you come? One, two, three. Come on right now. You raise your hand. Would you step out of your aisle? And I'm going to ask you to come to this altar. That's right. Come on right now. Anybody else you want to come? There were numerous hands that were raised. You've got to make a decision. You're at a crossroads in your life. Will you come? That's right. We'll wait on you. We'll wait on you. Will you come? There's room at the altar for you today. And I don't mean just literally. I mean at the heart of God. There's room for you. There's room for you. The Lord is calling your name. And today you may say, Beth, I'm a Christian, but I battle with such shame and guilt. I have such a difficult time with it. I have a difficult time fulfilling the purpose that God has called me to because I'm still riddled with that guilt. Today the Lord is here to set you free. Hallelujah. Anybody else right now that you would come, that you would say, pray for me, Beth. Pray for me. There were numerous other hands that were raised. I won't dare come and get you or make you come. But I'm going to ask you as the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and is dealing with your heart, your life. Whatever you do, don't leave this place like you've come in. You have to make a decision. Will you choose Him today? Will you accept Him? Amen. Will you receive the grace of God? Today it's being extended to you right now. I'm going to ask all the altar team, would you come up and let's begin to minister to these in this altar. I'll pray with them as well, but would you come and let's begin to pray for these in this altar. There are people in this altar that are on the brink of hell and today the Lord has extended His grace to pull them up. Amen. And to pull them out. Hallelujah. Do you remember the day that the Lord rescued you? Do you remember the day that the Lord saved you? Would you lift your hands to heaven right now as they're being ministered to? And let's begin to create an atmosphere of faith in this house so these will receive and their lives be changed forever. In Jesus' name, come on church, let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for your amazing grace. Lift your voices to heaven, would you, right now? Hallelujah. 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 Render to you. Come on, that's right. Redemption's shown for all to see. Perfection bore our penalty with a grace so glorious. Immortal day, yes, the 
Begin to intercede with them. Would you do it right now? Stand in the gap for them, for your family, your friends. Hallelujah. And rise to reign eternally yes. With 
Jesus as your Lord and your Savior and that old burden of sin was rolled off of your shoulders and you no longer was a slave to sin but you became a servant of Jesus Christ if you remember that today would you lift your voices to heaven and give praise to the Lord in this place amen hallelujah Just give him a shout. Hallelujah. Would you thank him for the cross? Would you thank him for his blood? Would you thank him that he rose again? Would you give him praise that he's coming back? Hallelujah. By the grace of God, we are who we are today. Grace, amazing grace, 
tell your neighbor right now, say, it's his amazing grace. It's his amazing grace. Wow, wasn't that a message? How many saved by grace through faith and not, not of yourselves? It's the gift of God. Not by works, lest any man should boast. Hallelujah. What a message on grace. Now tonight, we want you to come back out. She'll be with us again tonight. And I was looking at these umbrellas, and I thought, you know, an umbrella is there to cover you from the rain. You know what? Around here, we just hang up our umbrellas for decoration because we want the rain to fall on us, okay? So tonight, how many knows that refreshing, see the word refresh? It comes by the presence of the Lord. I don't want you to put up an umbrella tonight. I want you to take it down because I believe the Lord has spoken to me and he's going to pour out his rain upon the congregation tonight. And I want you to be a recipient. I do not want you to sit there with an umbrella. I don't want water to run off your back like off of a duck's back. I want you to be able to receive the blessings of God because God wants to bless us. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above and cometh down from the Father of lights where there's neither variableness nor shadow of turning. You know what that means? That God cannot even turn from wanting to do good for, to you. That God has set his face like a flint. He desires to bless you. Can I have an amen? How many's ready to be blessed tonight? How many are blessed in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. Praise God. We'll see you tonight. We're not going to dismiss a prayer. We're going to keep the spirit alive and well. May the Lord bless you, shine upon you, and may his peace go with you for you to return to get under the unveiling of the spirit and let the Holy Spirit bless you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.